live in a world that struggles with feeling busy and overwhelmed. At the same time, us mamas want to feel we're living intentionally and with purpose. At the end of the day, you won't have to sit worn out on the couch feeling like it all just wasn't enough. Here, you'll find the tools to slow it down, nurture your own goals, and live restored. Each week, we have real-life conversations about motherhood, work, relationships, and all the things in between. I'm your host, Jen Brazil. Welcome to the Unhurried Life Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Unhurried Life. I am your host, Jen Brazil. If you're ready to dive in deep to simplicity in a way that you've never done before, then I'm going to say, come on, because this week's episode is perfect for you. It is no secret, friend, that us ladies have a lot going on in our brains and our lives, from kids to food to cleaning to time management. I mean, I could seriously make a huge list for you. You are probably right now thinking of a million things that you need to be doing. Summer Phoebus definitely takes us down a road that has been much less traveled, and she delivers when it comes to simplifying and productivity. As a mom myself, I think that I took away several things from this that just freed up so much space in my heart to not feel guilt when it comes to trying to do it all and trying to do it all for our kids, not even for ourselves, but sometimes we're trying to do it all for somebody else, which is why I love when she addresses all of the things from priorities to simplification to productivity and even figuring out what kind of simplification works for you based on who you are, not based on what the world is telling you to do and how you should be simplifying. Let's dive in to this chat with Summer. Hey, Summer. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing great. I am just super thrilled to have you on the show today. I stumbled upon you from my sister who kept reposting some of the stuff that you do for She Works His Way. And I just kept reposting what she was reposting. And then I was like, this lady is a rock star. So I am thrilled to get to sit down and talk with you. Well, this is super exciting for me too. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's just start off. I just want to hear a little bit about you, your story, your walk, kind of how you got to where you are in this moment. Oh my goodness. That is probably a question that makes me feel really, really old. I'm telling you so many left turns and circling around and everything. So got married young. I married a pastor. When we got engaged, he was not that. He was a surfer, drummer, artist. Okay. So the Lord called him into ministry. And so for 20 years, we've been doing that. And um, it has been awesome. We had two girls, we had them young. So I am the mother of an 18 year old and a 20 year old, which last week, the 20 year old moved out. So that's like, Oh, it's kind of crazy. It was a big deal, but she is living out of the house. Now we have our 18 year old here who has decided to graduate early and all of the changes are happening and it's, it's good, but she works his way, which launched, we actually just celebrated our five year membership anniversary. It started with four friends meeting on a Google hangout at 5am and we just we're having conversations as four working women who love Jesus that weren't being had anywhere else. We noticed that we would go to our women's ministry at church and not completely fit in. 
which as a pastor's wife was really awkward. And then we would go to a business conference and get so much from it, but not completely fit in as Jesus lovers and women. And so this time where we came together, we were talking about things that nobody was talking to us about, just how to do this right, how to keep God first, family second, but still love your calling to the workplace. And so that really started a whole new world for me after being an entrepreneur for 10 years. And before that, being in fashion for 10 years, it just it really opened doors to a whole new place of doing ministry. So we are a nonprofit ministry and that is where my heart is right now between that and the local church where my husband pastors. Those are the places I love to be. So, okay. So I'm just like flooded with so many things that I want to ask about. (laughs) If you could go back to that five years ago and just kind of that gut feeling and that feeling of this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what God's laid in my heart. And I am sure of it. How did you get there? I think it was just out of a desperate need for more of him, which I had been thinking was a desperate need for more of the study of myself, learning who I was, finding me. So I'm 39 years old. So five years ago, I was, you know, that mid 30 range and really loving what I did, loving my work, loving my career. I believe that I was so ambitious and I know that that was a gift that God gave me and just a personality drive that came straight from him, but I had not aimed it in the right place. And so there was this disconnect between my ambition and my love for the Lord. And what I had to do was take my ambition and surrender it to my Lord. And when that happened, I think so many things changed for me and she works his way just was this natural place to go where we were, we didn't have to apologize for being women who loved work, who maybe was better at creating a profit and loss sheet than baking muffins. We didn't have to think twice about any of that. That was a place where we could understand that God made us in this unique way. However, in doing that, the race, which you have no matter where you are in the world, the race for accomplishments and achievement and rank and status and success, money, all of it was just overwhelming. And so excellence like if you're any in, if you have any goal or dream or whatever you want to do with excellence if it's not surrendered to the lord then you're going to go in the wrong direction and so good things were happening in business big things were happening for me but there was a disconnect there was a sadness there was a desperation the lord his approval in my life and so obedience to him became the standard for my success and giving the results to him took me to a place that I don't know how the world would see it because I don't care anymore, but it was success in my, in my heart and it felt so wonderful and it took years to get there. And I just, I didn't want to see another woman have to compartmentalize her faith and her calling any longer. Like we use the word calling, but as Christians, we use it. We so often relate it to mission work or pastoring or mainly church work. But my calling to the workplace is it's the mission field. And so I don't want to separate the workplace from what God has for me in my life. That is what God has for me in my life. So connecting those together and not compartmentalizing compartmentalizing any longer made a huge difference in motherhood, in marriage, in success, in work, in relationships, just all of it falling under his authority it became one beautiful thing that moved forward instead of 27 hats I had to change throughout the day just to keep up with the rest of the world. Okay, so tell me about that. I'm going to air quote it and say like breakthrough. (laughs) That moment where you realize, because I feel like I had that moment 
you know, not that long ago. And I keep kind of like going back to trying to separate them and say like, this is my calling. This is my work. You know, I'm trying, I'm still trying to put things in compartments, but I've had that moment where I'm like, no, it's all together. So tell me about when you kind of had that breakthrough where you realized that you didn't have to live like that anymore. And what, I mean, what was that like? Over time, I mean, I remember a moment specifically in the living room of my living room slash office where I, for the first time in my life, hit my knees in prayer, like face on the carpet, because I was just so convicted about striving for these results. I was competitive, I was driven, and I wanted to get there so bad. And I carried this pressure and this weight that I thought was making the Lord proud. That's the part that we don't talk about often. We think I was just walking in this sinful way, like rebellious against the Lord. I thought I was like helping him, you know, like you worry about the bad people. I'm going to handle our paycheck. You know, thank you for the, thank you for making me a good businesswoman. I'm going to run with it. And it's just the opposite of how he wanted it. So I think I was exhausted with that simultaneously and also trying to be a mother at the time, both the girls were in like every sport, every club, every, everything. And then we had this church that was growing so fast. And we had moved from Georgia, South, South Georgia to Delaware to this church plant that was growing. And so I was kind of in a new place trying to figure it all out. And I had left a business that I had built in Georgia. And so I was feeling a little bit resentful of leaving. Okay, I'm going to be honest, a lot resentful of of leaving. And in that moment of striving to kind of earn whatever it was to make me feel like I didn't leave behind a business, I came to this place of just realizing that I was not giving God the whole thing. I was keeping part of it giving him part of it. He was a file in my file cabinet rather than the file cabinet holding it all together. And so I think I had lunch with a friend and I was talking about my discontentment. That's a good friend where you can just be like, I am not happy right now. And she said, you've got to ask God for more. And I'm like, why would I ask him for more? I'm mad at him. Basically, I left behind this business and I went to the Lord and I just said, give me more. And He said, when you give me everything, I'll give you more. And I think that moment for me was, okay, all right, God, I want nothing to do with anything that you aren't leading. And it's a constant pick up and then put down and pick up and then put down. But think this many years later, however long it's been, that's probably seven years since that moment. I'm just at this place where the pressure has come off my shoulders and I don't want another woman to feel like she has to carry it. It's not easy to be a follower of Christ, but it's simple. So remember that handing him everything, it's difficult for us as humans, but we don't have to do that. We get to do that. And in doing that, it unlocked the success that he wanted for my life, not the success I thought I needed for my life. That was like a long way around, but yeah. No, that is so simple. And what I'm going through in my own life, my own business right now, I just feel like that is so true. Like it is so simple. We, for some reason, just like to make it not simple. (laughs) I taught a Bible study on Saturday morning and I told the women, humans complicate everything. And if you think of the way false teachers, for instance, now, like the way they get to us is by complicating the gospel. And they promise us that they will simplify our lives. But in promising that they will simplify our lives, what they're saying is, hey, that internal battle, give in to your natural self. 
Give in to your flesh. You be you, girl. You chase those dreams, girl. You live your passion, girl. And all they're doing is complicating things more for us, but they think they're answering that complication by saying, you don't have to not be you anymore. Where God is saying, uh, no, no, don't be you. Don't, don't be you. Be the, the woman I created you to be. Be me. Be like me. Follow me. And yeah. so constant conflict of the conversation is just, it's overwhelmingly difficult to see being thrown in our faces because it's much easier to listen to the gal who's telling me what I want to hear and that I can just go and be me than it is to listen to God who says, surrender, sacrifice, and follow me. And I promise you won't regret it. Summer, that is like so powerful. I feel like you could drop the mic. (laughs) And that's it, ladies. (laughs) So I love just simplicity and routine and priorities. Those are all things that I feel like spearhead my life. And I know that you have some really great tips on productivity. And I would just love to hear, like, let's talk about the issues and the setbacks when it comes to productivity and kind of how to just like change that. Okay. You said the word, you said my favorite word, simplicity. I have taught productivity academies and coached women in productivity for years. So we are probably up there in thousands of women that I've walked through with this. Well, I'm going to interrupt really quick, just so that we are on the same page. What does productivity mean in this sense? Yes, absolutely. So productivity for a Christ follower is doing what matters. So not doing everything, it's doing what matters and being a really good steward of most valuable resource we have, which is our time. That is my definition of it. Yes. So in teaching productivity, I have oftentimes said I probably need to not so much be called a productivity coach as much as I am called a simplification coach. I believe simplicity is the key to almost everything. And I believe it looks different for everyone. So just because I am a bit of a minimalist, if you would come in my house, doesn't mean that you can't have what you want to have and still have a simple life. Simplicity, it's an inward thing. So that's the first place we begin. But it's also this idea of what women have been striving for, for years and years and years, which is balance. We hear that all the time. Work-life balance, striving for balance. We want to be better balanced people. There are balanced coaches. There's balanced articles, all of it. And I am not telling you all of that you need to throw out. I am just telling you, I need you to go back to the root of what balance is. And if you closed your eyes right now and you pictured balance, what you would actually see. And for me, I picture, I remember growing up, we had this old scale that had been passed down in our family, like those old tiny ones that you could put something on. And balance was when both sides were equally, what? Perfect, perfect in weight. Balance will always imply perfection and our life here on earth will never be perfect. And when we strive for perfection, we will meet obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And we will end the day feeling like we failed when actually what we did was life. Like that's what happened. So instead of balance to simplify our lives, I teach juggling. And I just tell women, this is who we are. This is what we do. We don't compartmentalize. We hold it all. And nobody else wants to say that, right? We're going to carry it all. But guess what? Jesus has you, so you're going to be fine. And we're going to get really good at juggling, which means that if I am in a work meeting with a woman who I am there to help, to consult, to grow her business, whatever it is that she has me there for, she is my focus. She is the ball that's in the air at that time. And I am all about it. 
if something happens and I get a phone call and one of my daughters needs me, then that ball comes down and that ball goes up. And that's what we as women do throughout the day. And then we forgive each other because that woman across the table would never say, I can't believe you would leave to go take care of your daughter. She would say, absolutely, go, I get it. And this is the life of juggling. If I tried to balance, I would try to have this meeting while I was taking care of my kid and nobody would get the best of me. And there are absolutely seasons of life where we have to multitask as much as I hate it. It's not the best way to be productive, but you can't tell a nursing mother when her baby's going to nurse right? You know this. So this is the part that for me, I just need women to understand if we can wake up in the day and ask the Lord to help us juggle well, I think we're going to make it to the end of the day and we're going to feel like nothing got dropped. Things had their moments. Priorities came into place where they needed to come into place. But we are individuals with callings on our life in multiple areas. So we can't expect to have this perfectly balanced day. It's just not going to happen. So that's it. Well, I then I love how you said when one ball goes up, the other one comes down. It doesn't mean that it's dropped. Nope. Just means that it's in a new place. Absolutely. And I will say this like brought to my mind a mental picture. When I was in college, I was an elementary education major. And so we took a class, everybody. We took a class on elementary education PE where we had to learn to juggle. <laughs> And I remember being so frustrated, so frustrated, so frustrated. And then the first time that I actually got it, like three balls going up Mm -hmm. in the air, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like I'm doing it. And I think when we learn to juggle well and we learn the rhythm of it, because there is like, you know, a rhythm between letting one thing go and letting another thing come into your hand, all of a sudden just feel this like, it's like an elation. It's just, it's, you're, you're just so happy and it works. And so, cause I mean, juggling works. Like if you do it right, it, it works. So it works. It works. And once you figure it out, it's no longer difficult. It's a skill that you have forever. I've never met a juggler who forgot how to, do you know what I mean? And bottom line too, we're not the only ones holding everything. So that even if we do drop it, it's not really, it's not going to fall all the way down. The Lord has it for us. So that is absolutely, for me, a picture of what I want to see throughout the day in my own life because I learned after trying everything that the way was not working for me. So... Hey friend, let's talk real quick about the 5 billion pics you have on your phone and the fact that they are mostly all of your sweet kids. You don't want these memories living on a device or falling forgotten. You're probably overwhelmed and don't know where to even start when it comes to cleaning up your camera roll. Well, friend, come join me as I walk you through my three simple steps to organize your phone pics. Just go to jbrazil.com slash phone photos or click the link we are listening to this episode. Now back to our show. Okay, so talk to me a little bit more about what simplicity looks like in not just a business setting for, I say mom, because typically, I I mean, I'm a mom, I'm typically talking to moms, but I mean, this could be for anybody, but what simplicity would look like and what some things are that we can do right now to just kind of keep that priority as simplification. So I kind of approach this from three different places. And if you ever talk to me about productivity, one thing that I always do is I teach productivity based on personality. I believe that a free spirit 
will need different productivity coaching than logical analytical person, a left brain versus a right brain. It, they're going to do things differently. And as long as a you try to teach a left brain simplicity, the way a right brain does it, it's never going to be sustainable. So it's just not going to happen. And I'm a bit of both. Luckily, the Lord has given me that so I can understand women, I think. So I've had to learn that. But simplicity for me, I address in heart and in your home. And you won't see simplicity in your home until you see simplicity in your heart. So simplicity in your heart is there was a book, Ordering Your Private World by Gordon McDonald. That is a book that I read in few years back that really helped with perspective on ordering your private world, meaning the depths, the very center of your being, your soul, having it ordered right there. And basically understanding that everything we talked about in the beginning here, Jen, with your spiritual life being what leads you versus your natural life, like surrendering your humanness to God, that is the center of simplification in your life. And then outside of that, will it will overflow into your thinking and your actions. But just really practically speaking, because I love talking practical with women, I want you to think about like your linen closets and how many sets of sheets you have for the amount of beds you have in your house. Two years ago, we downsized from a big single family home to, and I am in my bedroom office right now, which I used to coach women. You never want to have your office in your bedroom. And here I am, here I am. But we moved to much more of a city. We are in 990 square feet. And it is my husband, myself, and my daughter. And up until a couple weeks ago, my 20 year old, she was here too. So it was four of us. And so we had to downsize everything. And one thing that I will never forget, it was such a God lesson for me was cleaning out the linen closet and realizing there were four beds in our previous home. And I think we had 27 sets of sheets. And I was like, this is ridiculous. If everybody pees the bed, every single person in the household, which I really hope doesn't happen, we still have a ridiculous amount of of sheets. Like why? What is the purpose? So in getting rid of those and then moving and seeing what we had, everybody had what's on their bed and a second set. Do you know what that did? It gave me so much more space in a linen closet here. It lowered the amount of laundry. Nobody's sheets set on the floor in the laundry room because they had 14 other ones to choose from. It simplified so much for me. So it's not really about just being minimal. Minimal. We have to step back and see the whole picture of simplicity. It is going to feel so much better whether you are a person who hoards photographs of your kids or not. It is about the amount of time and energy it takes from the things that really matter. It's about the space that it takes from the things you actually need to hold on to. And that's where we have to understand and see so differently. It's not the more mentality. It's the need. It's not the less mentality, it's the need. What do we need in our lives? Yeah, and I just want to say, this is, we're talking about physical clutter and simplification and all of that, but I just think as a woman in business and as living in a completely digital age right now, there is so much going on digitally in our lives that simplification and minimizing the digital mess that is hovering above us all the time is such a powerful thing to do for your life also just like the linen closet or like I currently work in my closet and so I had to declutter and get rid of so much clothing and now I'm like awesome I have like 12 shirts like that's so easy for me to get dressed really quickly and pull this out I don't have to wonder does this fit did this have a stain because I got rid of all that stuff it's amazing it's amazing 
you are 100% right. The digital world right now, I have my moments where I'm just like, I kind of want to accidentally drop my phone and run over it with my car. You know, I want to be thankful, but I also like three or four days without it because the mail was slow. I was air quoting there too. It wouldn't hurt my feelings. Okay. So that is boundaries. One thing we do is I have something called a skeleton schedule because what we do is we create schedules sometimes where we try to plug everything in and we just let someone else hand us a calendar and then we put everything in. Step one of scheduling your life is a skeleton schedule and a skeleton schedule, it inserts your boundaries. So for a lot of us women, we are working from home now, which means those boundaries are blurry, right? So we go in and we create a day schedule where we say, this is family, this is work, this is me, this is rest. However many categories you want to have, I say the less the better. So I have family, I have work, and I have me, those three things. Me is obviously my God time, just so you know. But those three things are scheduled in my day. So that means I am never going to steal from work to give to family. I'm never going to steal from family to give to work. And when I get an opportunity to be on a podcast or an opportunity to meet with a woman, I know what part of my day that's going to go in. So the skeleton schedule is step one because boundaries are not easy. And if you don't set them for yourself, other people won't. And absolutely create those boundaries inside of your digital world, 100%. I do not mind scrolling for enjoyment. I mostly follow, I love fashion and design. That's the the people I follow. I have nothing against some good old lady preachers, but at the end of the day, I'd rather see a pretty kitchen. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, uh, that's what I need. So really careful about what I let into my life and when I actually see, watch, scroll, and when I don't. Skeletons, like that skeleton schedule, that's your boundaries. Okay, so what, do you, what does that mean, skeleton? Skeleton, it is a schedule without everything in it. So picture oh, a... Got yep, it. Yep. <laughs> so it's, it's the skeleton, it's the framework, probably be even better, but it is your most foundational schedule instead of it's in between Tuesday the 24th and everything plugged in. It's the step in between that. This is when I will have family and it kind of, it's like batching your work, but it puts your boundaries up. Even throughout the week, like every week in a skeleton schedule, I have time with Kent and it doesn't have to be a date night. It can be go for a walk. Like we can choose what we want. It doesn't have specifics. It just protects my boundaries and my priorities. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you said earlier that simplicity looks different depending on who you are, kind of like type A, type B, and all that. So do you advise figuring out or assessing yourself so you can learn more about yourself and figure out what simplicity looks like instead of trying to say, this is what the world says simplicity looks like, instead saying, this is what it looks like for me and how it helps me, like Jen, as an individual. Absolutely. I think it's so important that you take some inventory of yourself. I think that we want this 60 second fix on productivity or simplicity, and it just doesn't happen because we, we've seen the books, we've seen the articles, people have talked about writing productivity books and how difficult it is to address all the different personality types. And for me, it's just 
well, yeah, that would be really hard. You know, we can give tips and overviews, but if you're opening up a productivity book that someone with a completely opposite personality had than you, you are going to just be discouraged and held back. You will not be able to sustain what you're doing moving forward. So you need to look at things personally about yourself. One place I tell people to always look is, are you a routine person or a rhythm person? So many times we talk about rhythms and routines. You'll hear it often. It's it's a buzz phrase in productivity. Recently, it's especially gotten out there. And it frustrates me because they're two different things. You are not a routine and a rhythm person at the same time. I have a day, one day of the week where I'm routine, which is Mondays, and all of the rest of the days I am rhythm. And the best way to describe this is if you go to a wedding and the DJ's playing some good music and he says, all right, guys, come out for the Cupid Shuffle or one of those line dancing songs. And you're like, that's my jam. You are probably more of a routine person. You are following choreography. If you're like me and you're like, look, I don't want to stand in a line and I don't want to follow your dance. I want to get out there and like do my own thing. All right. I want to break it down on the floor by myself and embarrass my kids. Then you are probably a rhythm person creating your own choreography, doing your own thing. So understanding which one you are is going to have a huge impact on how you can simplify moving forward your day-to-day schedule. Rhythms, you're going to want to leave yourself some margin. You're going to give yourself some space. Routines, you're going to need to make sure that you have 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., lunch at 12, and it's probably going to need to look the same every day. I have a daughter that's rhythm and I have a daughter that's routine. One has lunch at the same time every day. One skips lunch most of the time. So it's just knowing yourself is how you'll do it because the one who skips, well, I don't want the end of the day for her to think she wasn't productive because she didn't have the same day she had yesterday. And the one who loves routine, she's not going to thrive unless she has it. So she knows how to prepare for a week by pulling out that agenda and creating her days. So it's just, it's about understanding that in ourselves. I love the Cupid shuffle analogy. That was very easy to picture for me to instantly be like, oh, I'm a rhythms person because I don't really, I, Cupid shuffle, like, give me some like, what's it called? Um, interpretive dance. Give me some, I will interpretive dance for you all day long. <laughs> yeah, let me show you how I can do this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So funny. Oh man, that was, that's awesome. That is so great. Okay. Well tell me right now, kind of something that you're doing that is helping you live an unhurried life. It's going to be the boundaries because we are just at a place in our life with she works his way, ministering to women all day. And then the church, our church family. And then I have older kids right now who are less physically labor intensive, but emotionally the political dumpster fire that is out there, the cultural issues that we're dealing with, the global pandemic, there are a lot of deep conversations going on in my home. And so I'm having to create boundaries to make sure I am there for those. So I think boundaries 100%, but also it takes me two hours to fall asleep at night. Drives me nuts. My husband instant, like drives me bananas. Well, used to, I've gotten used to it after 21 years. So I have learned to go get in my bed at a time that sounds like an old lady because it takes me that long to fall asleep and it is working for me. I mean, it is really working. So no, that's so important. Sleep. I've been, the more and more I've been researching on a bunch of things that just like going on in my life, the more and more I'm like, sleep is so important. Yep. Yep. That's right. Oh, Summer, it has been so great to talk to you. I've just enjoyed every single moment. Oh, thank you. This was so fun. I could do it all day. 
Guys, if you want to connect more with Summer Phoebus, make sure you check out her Instagram. You can find so much more about her if you go to She Works His Way. And that ministry has so much going on for it. I just completely lost myself surfing and going through all of the great resources that they have online for women, not just women in business, but I feel like there is something that you could take away from this, no matter what your stage is or where you are in life. Now, I have some super exciting news to share with you, and it's coming out on the podcast next week. We have some pretty amazing and life-changing news that I'm going to be sharing with you, so make sure you don't miss next week's episode. To make sure that you don't miss it, just hit subscribe to this podcast. Make sure that you tune in on Tuesday, especially next Tuesday, to hear our very exciting news and how this is probably going to impact you and how how it's most definitely going to impact our lives as well. I'm super pumped to share this with you and to just share part of what's going on in our lives with you, friend. Make sure that you don't miss it. And until that day, I will see you over on Instagram.